Welcome to the podcast. Today, we talk to Brad Meltzer, who is on the program. We also have uh, an update on the current emergency going on. And you might say, well, which one of the 27 Biden emergencies are you talking about? Well, uh, none of them. I'm talking about, of course, the emergency in the solar energy realm that is justifying all sorts of executive action. We'll get into uh, that today as well. And all of the new gun laws being passed around the country. You're going to love this list. It's fantastic. And there's more and more to come. We'll get into that on today's program. And today's podcast is brought to you by Goldline. Something amazing tons of Americans still don't know about. It is possible to use your retirement account to acquire precious metals. That could be saving up for retirement, also building a protective wall against the inflation and the forms of um, economic insanity that are coming our way. This is a really big deal, and it's something that Goldline can help you out with right now. I've been working with Goldline for over a decade, I think almost two decades now. Of course, I was doing business with them before they became a client of mine. Uh, I trust them. I've bought gold and silver from them. They do business the right way, and I've seen it for myself. But don't take my word for it. Do your own homework. Call them today. Tell them that I sent you uh, from the podcast and give Goldline the code MYB, which represents Mind Your Business Silver Bars. They're going to give you, just as a thank you for calling in, if you request information at their website and say MYB, Mind Your Business, you're going to get a, a silver bar just for free. So call them now, goldline.com. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. Find out how they can help you today. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Los Angeles, San Francisco, and California. We are going to know a lot about the direction of our country by this time tomorrow, depending on what the left does in California. Their primary is today, and uh, it looks pretty grim for Democrats. Now, the Democrats are throwing around a poll right now that shows some interesting things about uh, Kamala Harris. I'll get to that here in a second. But I want to also show you uh, the poll numbers just to show you the direction of America. The support for late term abortion is 15 percent in the country. Sixty three percent say our country is on the wrong track. Only 16% of America thinks that we will avoid a recession. 62% think Biden is unfit. 74% want a balanced budget. 68% want a Keystone pipeline restored. 67% want uh, Biden to be more moderate. 73% want drilling and gas opened. 61% think more spending will increase inflation. 69% of the people think fetus is viable at or before 16 weeks. 77% thinks that the uh, SCOTUS leak was only to subvert the ruling. 82% want tougher prosecution and sentencing to solve crime. 65% say we need enforcement, not new gun laws. And 53% think Biden uses violence for political advantage. Now think of that. 
you think that America doesn't get it, she's waking up. Those numbers are astonishing. Now, the Mark Penn poll that comes out shows that uh, Kamala Harris is slightly beating DeSantis. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. And I'm sure that is that's just you know questioning average Americans. I think Kamala Harris is somebody that everybody can get behind. So let's look at what California's uh, Californians have to decide. They're holding their primary elections today. Um, and uh, some high-profile incumbents are up for re-election. 52 House races, um, a senator running in two separate races, and a competitive showdown for Los Angeles mayor. The guy who looks like, do you know anything about him, Stu? The guy that looks like he may win uh, just became a Democrat. He's a lifelong Republican, I guess. Uh, and he is now uh, uh, running to take over uh, the mayoral um, office in Los Angeles. Um, he's a major real estate developer. He just recently joined the Democratic Party, received a rare endorsement from uh, Elon Musk, has spent more than $34 million on his campaign. That's 10 times more than his main opponent. Uh, his opponent is a six-term Democrat, Karen Bass, and uh, he has tapped into the idea that Democrat, uh, Democratic leaders have taken California and pushed it into the ocean. That would be remarkable if he would win uh, in the primary today. Yeah, Elon Musk kind of throwing his weight behind him was a big uh, got a lot of attention there. Although Karen Bass was one of the people, if you remember, discussed as one of the potential vice presidential picks uh, when uh, Joe Biden limited the field to only one of the two genders and one skin color. And when he did that, he decided to, uh, Karen Bass was one of the finalists, but no one really knew kind of who she was. And uh, she, But she's churned that sort of increased notoriety into this run which may be successful i mean you'd think los angeles would pick the most crazy progressive option possible but they've had to deal with the results of these policies for a very long time and i think someone who who's on the democratic side is still a d on the ballot but is endorsed by someone like elon musk might be something they're interested in changing it up a little bit so it's what we talked about with michael schellenberger yesterday who's running as an independent you know someone who is different and and maybe could change the dynamics of the state in a way that i think people in california would really like i have to tell you i think that there is um there tomorrow at this time we could see a very different uh, look at what is coming. I mean, we think it's going to be good for Republicans. If this happens in California, because there's another story coming out of San Francisco, uh, and uh, it it looks like uh, the prosecutor is going to be thrown out. Now, this is this is somebody whose parents were members of the Weather Underground. Uh, they were in prison during his childhood. Uh, he went to Yale, earned a Rhodes Scholarship, 
and uh, then became a, uh, a DA with the help of George Soros, embraced Black Lives Matter, called for a new approaching to policing. And that's why you have the reign of criminals uh, there in uh, in San Francisco. So now and remember, this is this is where, uh, you know, Kamala Harris was the D.A., in now and now it looks like uh, there is a real chance that he goes night night in California. Another shockwave, another shockwave. Uh, some of the others that are happening around the country. Do you have any of them? I know in Iowa, uh, there's a couple of a couple of shockwaves um, in uh, Montana. Um, a second congressional seat has just been gained loud uh, in the latest redistricting. Um, Ryan, is it Zinke, who served as the interior secretary under uh, President Trump, is expected to win the GOP nomination as the Republican leading district. That's really good. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch. I think there's 16 primaries today, 16 states uh, or, or 16, um, oh, sorry, I'm reading the wrong uh, headline there. Let's see, we've got New Jersey, you got, uh, flipping through here, uh, Mississippi yeah, is South today, Dakota. South Dakota is today, Iowa is today, New Mexico is today, Montana is today. So you got, I don't know, six or seven states there. Um, bunch of races uh, that are, you know, there's, I don't think there's anything like headline grabbing like there was in Pennsylvania and Georgia. Those are the states that were kind of big news. We, I don't know if we did. I think we did mention yesterday. Doctor Oz did officially win that. Uh, McCormick um, conceded that race. Yeah. So he will be going up uh, uh, against uh, you know Fetterman in that uh, primary in Pennsylvania. Um, but I mean, you know, it's like we're getting into this. This is you watch the way the left is acting right now, and that tells you exactly how well they think this is going to go. And they do not, they see what I think we all see, which is a potential, potential for a historic wave election. This is it. I mean, this is a, there is a real opportunity here. Rarely do you see a president after only two years fall to the depths of 34% approval rating. This is being handed to Republicans on a silver platter. It's just a matter of if they knock it over or not. So here is the problem uh, that I see, Stu, is I don't know if you saw the um, executive order that went out. The emergency powers was used now uh, for this climate emergency, which hasn't officially been declared. But that was the that was last week's episode on uh, the Wednesday night special that they are going to declare a climate emergency, which will give the the president all kinds of unlimited power uh and uh yesterday did you see that he enacted the defense production act yeah on solar panels was it uh-huh <laughs> so he huh? says we're having an energy crisis and a global warming crisis and we've got to get these solar panels uh done now it surprisingly and i'm sure he didn't know this helps china Hmm. But uh, he's got that one done for us. And now it's in a fascistic sort of way. The government 
has declared the president has declared the defense emergency act where he can go in and and say producers you have to produce these things i don't care what you say the government is now telling you do these things for energy yeah the uh, absolutely terrible new press secretary was asked about this this is clip one by the way um which and you know she is not prepared for any of this stuff she doesn't seem to have any idea what's coming everything is a surprise and the only way she responds to this stuff typically is reading it she was asked about this solar emergency that we were just learning about uh this is yesterday what emergency is the president using to invoke the Defense Production Act? Because historically it's been in the 1950s uh, for the, the Korean War and during COVID it was enacted. What emergency is it, or what's the real emergency in the solar industry for the Defense Production Act? Um, so let me, uh, I was going to say first, the president, you know, when he takes the Defense Production Act, it's to make sure that he's delivering for the American people. Hmm? Uh, it is what? an important tool that he has used mm. a couple of times and it has been incredibly effect effective. What's the emergency in the solar industry? Has well, it been used since Korea War? To get to, to a place where we do have a clean energy arsenal. And so this is a what? very important part of the president's, uh, this is a very important part of the president's uh, 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 agenda in getting to that clean energy uh, uh, system that he's been talking about since he walked into the administration. So this is that, and this is a way that we wow. feel that we can act uh, to, to get moving in that way. Now, that's just not how this works. That's not how any of this works. You don't just come up with an agenda and nope. start doing, forcing companies to make the products you want. That's not how this country operates. You have to have an agenda. That's fascistic. Right. Yes. Yes. That is fascistic. And on top of it, this is the Great Reset. Mm. He's just moving forward with it. Now, remember what he just said, what that reporter just said. The president uh, has used this now two times in his first term. The last time it was used was during war in Korea. This is not something you used to, to uh, and take it lightly. This is defense production. And he's now saying we're trying to defend ourselves against global warming. And this is extraordinarily dangerous. Now, just like now, in theory, you have a president who when you have a president that bumbles and doesn't know what he's talking about as much as Joe Biden, you have a press secretary that comes in and cleans it up. You saw that with Jen Psaki occasionally, and she was. Not a great press secretary mm -hmm. by any means, but now they need to have people come in and clean up the words of the press secretary who had absolutely <laughs> no idea, apparently, that you can't oh just gosh. use the Defense Production Act to uh, forward your policy agenda. That's not what it's for. So they did come in later and clean up and said, the emergency that justifies this is the drought. So in theory, what we're seeing is we have a drought in the West. And what we're going to do is force companies to build solar panels, which if we did it at, in a scale that no one can possibly imagine might shave off one tenth of a degree uh, Celsius over the next 50 years. But that's how they're going to deal with the emergency drought. Unbelievable. Incredible. Wait until we have a food emergency, an energy emergency, the climate emergency, a monkeypox emergency. Um, this is how you lose your nation to fascism. No matter what Antifa says, this is a fascistic move. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program.
We welcome now Alex Berenson. Hello, Alex. How are you, sir? Hey, Glenn. Good to talk to you. Uh, good to talk to you. Thank you for coming on. I think what you're doing here is extraordinarily important. Um, whether you agreed with the, you know, um, uh, the vaccine or or not, it doesn't matter. What's the truth on that? And is the government shutting people up in collusion with these drug companies? And that's what you're looking for, correct? Well, so so, yeah, I I mean, look, I'm a big believer in free speech. Um, And, you know, I I uh, I think that used to be something that, you know, people on the left generally agreed about, Uh, you know, and I think actually, you know, the ACLU famously, you know, they would they would support neo-nazis and they would defend anybody's right to speak and um and and you know i uh, that's where i stand on this okay that people should have the right to speak even as long as they're not as long as they're not you know as long as they're not telling somebody you know go murder you know my you know the the president there there can be limits okay but they're they're very narrow limits okay so so that's where I yes. come from on this issue. And it's, and it's incredibly disappointing to me that my former colleagues at the New York Times and other places uh, you know, on the left don't seem to agree about this anymore. So, yes, Twitter banned me in August of 2021 for a, for a tweet that begins, the, the, it doesn't stop infection or transmission. And I was writing about the vaccines. Now, I don't think anybody in the world at this point disagrees with that. The vaccines do not stop infection or transmission. No. Um, so, 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 so I, in December, sued and said, um, you know, you violated my free speech rights and um, you breached your contract with me. And specifically, Twitter knew who I was. And I had been in communication with a pretty senior executive there who, for more than a year in 2020 and 2021, told me that what I was doing was okay. So, and suddenly, in July of 2021, mm. everything changed. And it changed when, in a week when Joe Biden said that the social media platforms were killing people. That was his words. He said they're killing people. Wow. So, so, so something changed to, in terms of Twitter's posture towards me in July 2021 and August 2021. So, so, so in late. Okay. April, so wait, 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 when did you say, when did you say that it doesn't stop transmission? When did you make in, that tweet? In August, in August, but I had been in August. Um, okay. I would say I had been aggressively skeptical about the value of the vaccines almost since they were initially released. And we could, we could talk about why I felt that way, but that's a whole nother conversation. But by the way, I wasn't saying, hey, sure. the vaccines are a part of a depopulation campaign. I didn't talk about stuff like that. I just said, I don't think these right. things work as <laughs> right. well as, as has been claimed. Okay. And, and because as you, right. as you mentioned to your listeners, I used to cover the pharmaceutical industry for the New York Times. So I'm very skeptical of the way they run clinical trials. I'm very aware of the games they play, which, again, is something that people on the left used mm-hmm. to understand. They used to understand that these companies, I know. Uh, you know, they're nobody's friend. Okay, they're, they 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 may sometimes make good products, Alex. Can I, great, but they're in it for the money. Can I can I ask you a question? How shocking is it that you and I, me and you, agree <laughs> on freedom of speech that you have the right to question anything, uh, and that we would agree that it's not part of a depopulation plan, et cetera, et cetera. 
but pharmaceuticals pharmaceutical companies should always be questioned <laughs> they're very dangerous if they're not questioned that's that's right and, and and, you know, I mean, everything from the price of insulin to the, the price of EpiPens. I mean, these companies yeah. don't act in the public interest. They act in their own interests. And, you know, that's kind of what a capitalist system is. But we need to know that and question it. So so I had been questioning the vaccines with Twitter's full knowledge and uh, and essentially approval for for months and months. And then in July 2021, everything changed. And and these companies at that time, uh, Twitter and Facebook especially, were under tremendous pressure from the federal government about vaccines and vaccine uptake. So I sued in December, and in in April, uh, about a month, uh, just over a month ago, the, a federal judge in uh, California, um, and he's not a Trump judge; he's a Clinton judge, by the way. Uh, said that some of my claims could go forward and that Twitter was going to have to provide information to me about what they've been saying about me, but also about what other people, including the federal government, including drug companies, including everywhere, had been saying about me. And so I'm going to get a look at how this censorship process works. And that is unique. I mean, even the Trump lawsuit was dismissed. These lawsuits are almost always dismissed. And so Whatever it is, and I don't know what they have in there. I'll find out. That's why it's called discovery. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe nobody said anything to them. We will find out. But I'm in a unique position here, and I'm pretty excited about it, um, you know, from the point of view of being a reporter and from the point of view of, you know, being able to tell other people about this. So I, so I have the lawsuit, and I'm raising money right now with, this, with a GoFundMe campaign because it is expensive, but I'm not going to run out of money. People have donated a lot of money to this. How can, if people want to join you on this fight, how can they donate money? Uh, they can go to GoFundMe, put in my name, which is Berenson, B-E-R-E-N-S-O-N, uh, and, and it should come up. It says Fight Social Media Censorship. That's the name of the campaign, Fight Social Media Censorship. So and I know people don't like Why do you think, Alex, yours... Sorry. Right. I know, I know, I know. Um, uh, Alex, why do you think that this, it, it did go for, uh, forward, where Trump's didn't, et cetera, et cetera. Why do you think the judge s- singled yours, your case out? Um, I, think, I think he looked at the facts, and he said, uh, you know, this guy was in communication with Twitter for more than a year, and he was writing all this stuff. He, but in 2020, before the vaccines came out, well, you know, I sort of first came to people's attention because I was saying things like, look, the schools should not be closed. Kids are not at risk. And, you know, the teachers unions hated that. Trump got in trouble for that. And that's now accepted wisdom. OK, I, I was I was pretty yes. early on that. And I was arguing, hey, we don't have very good evidence that masks work. They don't really seem to work very well. This is mainly theater. You know, I would say that's largely accepted wisdom now. So so I was prominently questioning all of the non-vaccine stuff. And I have, again, I have these communications with Twitter showing that they knew what I was doing. And, and I would say they were even encouraging me to do it. So because of the fact pattern that I have, where things changed dramatically in, tw- in July of 2021, I think we got a judge who was willing to look at the facts and say, this guy's got a real case here. He's got a real case that Twitter violated its own contract with him. I'm going to let this go forward. 
Alex, can you know, back in the 1850s, 1860s, um, Abraham Lincoln had what he called the wide awake club. And it was for people who were wide awake uh, about slavery, et cetera, et cetera. Um, why do you suppose so many people and I, I would say on both sides are just fighting this um, this political fight and especially on the left right now where you have some really fascistic things happening that the left has always been against. Why have so many people fallen asleep? You know, it's a, it's a great question. You know, I, I, it's funny. Uh, Tucker Carlson, who I talk to from time to time, he, he has a theory about this. Uh, I think there may be some truth in it, which is that, you know, we're living, especially on the left, in sort of a post-religious world, uh, you know, a, a world where where a lot of people don't believe in God. And so they're searching for something else to take the place of that faith. And so politics for some people has become that. Uh, and look, that could happen on the right or the left. But I think when you, when you, you know, when you mm -hmm. don't have any sort of acquaintance with, with spirituality or with God, I think it can be easier for that to happen for you. I think that's one reason. I also think, you know, there's now, I mean, to some extent, you know, you're an example of it, uh, you know, on, on one side and a place like MSNBC is an example of it on the other side. There is this, there are so many um, places where people can go just to hear their own side. And so, um, and that's one reason I really want to be back on Twitter. I think it would be important for me to be back on Twitter is people say, oh, just go on Truth Social. And I said, I don't want to talk to people who just want to hear, who already agree with me. I want to talk to people who exactly right. me. Exactly right. I don't want that either. Them, right. And let them try to convince you. That's how, that's how it gets better. And that's what the right. left has forgotten. There, there, it's important. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a religious uh, idea from the scriptures. Uh, uh, opposition in all things. There must be opposition in all things. We yeah. need each other. We don't. We, we're not successful without somebody going. Wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. It's that give and take that that I honestly think what made us who we are. Uh, and gave us the great technology and the life-saving drugs and everything else. If you're not allowed to think you're back in the dark ages, if you're not allowed, if you're only listening to one side, and I would go a step further, if you are the kind of person that if somebody makes a, a great case, you don't say, well, now, wait a minute, I never thought of it that way. Hang on. And it would admit that, that changed your mind or it might change your mind then you're 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 playing the same game that is going to get us in trouble yes and by the way it's not just politics that's true of science too right the, the, the notion everything yeah of, of course how that that these people don't want to be challenged that fauci doesn't want to be challenged or or the you know the epidemiologist can't be challenged is crazy and and it, it it you know it's led to a lot of trouble the last couple of years Science, uh, you know, you, you were, you know, you said that uh, you thought that uh, Tucker Carlson had a uh, may have something to that point, but that's actually Nietzsche. Uh, and he's and he was absolutely right. When there is no God, you will replace it with something. And I think we're replacing it with politics or politicians or science. Yeah. Um, and it, we have developed a religion. You will bow to these gods and you will say nothing 
or you're a heretic and will burn you at the stake or drive you out of society. Yep. Uh, I, you know, somebody of all the emails, I've gotten so many emails from so many people the last couple of years. The one that struck me more than any other was somebody who emailed me. He said, you know, I thought before all this started that the two most powerful emotions were love and hate. He said, but I was wrong. The most powerful emotion is fear. And it's true. If you scare people yes. and, and the left has turned, I mean, look, the right does it too, but the left has done just a tremendous job of scaring people about COVID, about Donald Trump, about, you know, about lots of stuff. When you scare people, they stop thinking and we can't stop thinking. Mm-hmm. Amen. It is great to talk to you and I wish you the best of luck. Um, and again, if you uh, if you want to help out and you you want to donate, uh, just just um, go to um, what, what is the it, it, it's GoFundMe. What is it again? Uh, GoFundMe. Oh, go put in my yeah. last name, Berenson. It should come up. And I also have this Substack, which is a newsletter which you can subscribe to for free. Um, you know, I, I I want as many people to subscribe as possible. Basically, uh, it's called Unreported Truths because that's what it is. And you can find it on Substack, which is a platform that, that still believes in free speech. It might be the last place left that really believes in free speech. There's stuff from the left. There's stuff from the right. There's great stuff on Substack, and I'm, and I'm proud to be a part of it. Alex, thank you so much. Alec Berenson, his last name is spelled B-E-R-E-N-S-O-N. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. talk to you about a growing fascistic movement with actual teeth attached to it this isn't like oh he's a fascist i will show you what they're doing uh that is literally fascistic in nature literally uh by the actual dictionary definition of the word fascism um let me start with this if we were building nuclear power plants and we were encouraging hydrogen use for our automobiles, I would be so deep into it. It, it, I, it is the answer between nuclear power, which is the cleanest and safest form of energy the world has ever seen. Stu, can you back that up? The safest form of energy in the history of the world. Yes, I agree with that analysis. Okay, thank you for those the stats. Um, the, <laughs> you just said it was the safest. Color, man. He's a good he, color. Yes, yes, Glenn, I, confirmed I well, number I, one on the list. I, I don't know what stat you want okay. to vote. <laughs> the number one is... No, because I know you're into these things. Yeah, no, no, I know you're into these things, and I know that you, uh, you know that you have looked through the history. Everybody thinks it's so dangerous, but it is not. Yeah. It's not dangerous, especially in the United States. So if we were pursuing this and opening these uh, babies up and letting them run at full capacity at night and when nobody's using electricity, making hydrogen for our cars, it would be a miracle. It would be a miracle. It would be everything we're looking for. Good for the planet, safe, effective And we could move on with our lives. We would be world leaders again in almost everything if we just did that. But that's not what we're doing. Instead, we are doing solar panels and wind power. 
let me tell you about solar panels. If solar panels were something that would work, I'd be all for solar panels. I am your this broadcast is being powered now by solar, wind and uh, natural gas. Natural gas only if we get into trouble and we don't have enough power for the broadcast. But it has taken me 11 very long and expensive years to get the solar panel system up and hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is not something the average American or the average company can do. I'd love to have the Blaze be the first green uh, network that was all solar energy and wind power, but it's impossible to do. It's too expensive and it's not reliable. I can't tell you how, if you are listening to this broadcast today, you're hearing delays. And the reason why you're hearing delays is I don't have internet. I am here um, on an isolated kind of mountaintop, and I don't have all of the electricity, all of everything coming in. I have to create everything myself. So we're having to use all kinds of different technology. And let me tell you, when you come off the grid, when you start to do things differently, you almost have to reinvent everything. Right now, uh, my farm, we bought our diesel fuel for our tractors. We spent filling that tank up, that underground tank. We've, we spent uh, as much money filling it up once this spring as we spend filling it up all summer long into the fall last year. This cannot last. But is Biden doing anything about it? No. Instead, what he is doing is fascistic. Yesterday, he invoked the Defense Production Act. Not for oil, not for diesel, not for anything but for solar panels do you know how long and how much money it will take to get solar panels enough of them into play to defray any of your costs for heating by the way if you live in seattle fat chance good luck to you you live where it's cloudy and snowy good luck I have these gigantic solar panels to be able to put this broadcast in my house uh, online. And you still have to change all the light bulbs. You have to change uh, everything. It is literally, I'm my, I'm my grandfather. You don't need that light. Why do you have that light on? Grandpa, it's, I mean, it's really not costing us. Put the light off. I've become that guy because you just run out. In the winter, you have to go out and you have to scrape all of the ice and the snow off of your solar panel. This is not something America is prepared to do. But because we have a global warming crisis and a power crisis that is growing. Yesterday, Biden invoked something for the second time in his term that hasn't been used since the Korean War. 
It is the Defense Production Act. And here's what it does. It allows the president to have emergency powers to tell companies exactly what they can and cannot do. That is the definition of fascism. Now, are we okay with that? Is this what we want? A guy who has destroyed everything he has touched now running our companies and our businesses and telling us what we can and cannot produce. That's what he did yesterday. He also did something else. He waived all of the solar tariffs yesterday. This is a massive win for China. China makes all of the most of the solar panels. Okay. They do most of the technology. Why? Because no matter what anybody tells you, solar energy is very dirty for the earth. You can't really make them here in America because the EPA would lose their mind. But in China, you can do whatever you want. So now they have not only most of all of the minerals that are needed to make these solar panels, they can make them with slaves and they can make them in hell holes that doesn't they don't care about the environment at all. But we had some really bad tariffs against these solar panels. And so now we have to get rid of those. So now the Chinese have us by the you know what on solar panels russia has us by the same things now on on energy mexico saudi arabia um and russia have all of the control of the oil and are they helping us of course not of course not Meanwhile, we leave all of our resources, all of our minerals, all of our companies, all of the brains that we have, all of the brawn that we have, all of the oil and natural gas resources in the ground. Is America, is this who we want to become? By the way, this is not the only emergency. I'm telling you. I will be shocked if by the end of the year we don't hear coming out of the president's mouth a declaration of a of a national global warming emergency that will give him all kinds of power. They are already setting it up. That's what they're using here for this directive, a climate emergency. We're going to have a food emergency by the end of the year as well. I don't know if you've been following this, but please do. We're about now eight weeks away from knowing for sure what's going to happen. Uh, Yesterday, we had um, Russia bomb one of the ports where a lot of the Ukrainian wheat leaves. NATO, the United Nations, and we have even hinted 
that if they block the Russian wheat, steal, uh, sorry, the Ukrainian wheat, steal the Ukrainian wheat, destroy the Ukrainian wheat, or stop uh, boats from picking it up and shipping it to the rest of the world, that will be an act of war. Well, we are 12 weeks away from that. Sorry, eight weeks now. And the former NATO chief yesterday said, you are going to see another front open in the Ukrainian conflict. It will include escorting grain tankers in and out of Odessa. He said, I think that will be taken by the United Nations, by NATO and the United States and our allies. But it will be a new front in the war that will emerge over the next few weeks. When that happens, anything that goes wrong with that wheat, if Russia doesn't let it out of Ukraine, if we lose a ship of that wheat, wheat prices will go through the roof and starvation will happen in Africa. What happens to our military when all of Africa is on fire because they're starving to death? Why is our government taking on diesel right now and saying, no, we got to get away from this petroleum stuff? Why are they doing it when starvation is around the corner because of war? We cannot, as Americans, stand by while the world starves and we have the ability to do something about it. But for the very first time, we have seen now Germany send an airlift of baby food to Texas this week. And you're about to see the most charitable, the most giving, the most powerful nation on the planet not have the ability to help feed starving people all around the world. And I love the fact that the Biden administration is saying this is not going to affect the United States and uh, and, uh, you know, the the uh, hunger here in the United States. Are you out of your mind? We're not going to be starving here in the United States. But if you think that a third of the world could be starving to death and we're going to be paying normal, even half rational prices for food you're crazy oh and by the way um it won't just be africa it will also be central um um, america it'll be parts of uh, mexico and south america so don't worry about any problems on our border this is what's coming and it's coming this fall please america prepare (laughs) No, no, no.